podcast time. Straight cake. Welcome to functional the flex. Functional Flex Cave Cast. Coming to you live from the Strength Cave headquarters. Here is your coach, Ryan Milton. Hey there, Strength Cavers. It is Coach Ryan, and I am in the Functional Flex office getting ready for another Q&A with you guys. I am super thankful for all you that put in your questions. I'm constantly getting questions, but it's real cool to put out a little post and have so many of you guys respond. I appreciate that so much. And I think it's cool of you to ask questions. I think that too many people want to ask questions, but do not. And that is a big problem, you guys. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. Any opinion, any knowledge, any all of that is power to you because the more that you experience, the more you learn, the more you understand things or at least have opinions about things, the more that you're going to learn about this industry and your health and fitness lifestyle. So it's kick-ass. Keep it coming, you guys. I appreciate it so much, seriously. And so does everybody else. So let's get to business. Did not pre-screen these questions today, you guys. Kind of just read the first little bit to categorize them, but I pulled five from training, nutrition, and mindset for you guys. Just how we've been doing the past few. I think people are digging these, so we're going to keep rolling. Five training questions coming right up. All right, number one, I'm feeling weak during my workouts, and I'm losing motivation to go to the gym because I feel like I'm losing progress and strength and not gaining. Please help, Mike. Mike, my brother, the thing is, is every day is a new day. And what I mean by that is that every day is not going to be sunshine and rainbows, you guys. You hear about this thing, you know, in this industry, one of the favorite terms in the fitness industry is the process. People are always using this term to describe how things work when you don't see results. And I don't know that I necessarily agree with that term, but the idea is the same, you guys, is that... Every day you go to the gym, it's not going to be sunshine and rainbows. You're not going to PR every day. You're not going to feel great every day. There's going to be days you don't want to go. And the main thing you have to understand is you can't let that get the best of you. It's just part of the game. There is definitely going to be many times that you're feeling unmotivated. Uh, It's part of the game. If you're training hard all the time, you're eating strict, you're doing things that change you, you're challenging your comfort zone, you get uncomfortable, believe it or not. And when you guys get uncomfortable, that's when your motivation goes right the fuck out the window. So what you got to remember is showing up is progress. Every rep is progress. Touching a barbell, touching a dumbbell, that's progress every single time. Stop looking at your strength as your only gauge of progress, my friend. Get your ass into the gym, Mike, and keep going. Keep sticking through it. You're going to wake up one day setting PRs, brother. I guarantee it. Just keep going. Stay through it and don't stop. Don't let this weakness that you're talking about get the best of you because you have to understand that weakness in a workout does not correlate to weakness as a person so get your ass to the gym mike question number two hey ryan i just started a new program dedicated towards building muscle and my training split is six days a week is that too much hope you get this zach all right zach good to hear from you man um Basically, it comes down to how optimal is everything else. Few things, few things. Six days a week is a lot. I will say that right out the gate. That's a lot of training to be doing, brother. 
I don't know exactly how you're splitting it up, but that's a lot of work going on. You're not spending a lot of time recovering, so really it depends on your goal. I mean, I could see you doing something like that if you're doing like muscle building, weight training, two, you know, three to four days of that, and then doing some cardio, yoga, whatever. I mean, recovery-based things the other days, but if you're lifting six days a week, uh, I don't know what you're doing to recover, man. So that could be too much. Yes, I would say that now. Other thing it comes down to is how good is your nutrition? How good is your recovery? Are you sleeping enough? Are you eating good? Are you getting all the nutrients and macros and micros you need to recover, to build muscle? And then the final thing is, is are you seeing progress? Whatever your goal is, that's the main thing, you guys. Everything works in one way or another for one person, for everybody, right? It just depends on what finding what works for us as individuals. So are you tracking your progress? And if so, are you seeing results? If you're seeing results, keep doing it, man. If you're not seeing results, well, you might be considering changing your approach somewhere down the line because you might be doing too much with a six-day training split. Hope that helps, Zach. Question number three, training category. Hey, Functional Flex fam, I have never followed a program and I've made fairly good gains just going to the gym and doing what I want. I see so many people following programs strictly and tracking everything. It makes me wonder if I'm doing something wrong. What is your opinion, Lori? Thanks for the question, Lori. Um, you need to be on a program, that's my opinion, because I don't see any purpose to training just for the fun of training. Because I think, honestly, you guys, if you just want to work out for fun, go do something different. Go take up a sport. Go hike. Go walk your dog. Do something like that. Don't go to the gym and train your ass off. Don't just lift weights, you know, for no purpose. You should have goals if you're in the gym training. I mean, I would say 99 or even 100% of everybody in the gym is there for a purpose. Like, you want to be leaner. You want to build muscle. You want to burn some fat. Whatever you're trying to do. That's why you're in the gym. So if you are just haphazardly doing random shit, how are you going to land on the goal? But one of the analogies I like most is like thinking about um, a captain of a boat, right? Somebody who's setting sail out in the open sea. You can set sail out onto the sea and then what? How are you going to land in the destination you want to land? A captain always plans his destination before he leaves. He's not getting on his boat and just going out and saying, well, I want to land here in Africa, so I'm going to just hope that I get there when I get out on the open water. I'll probably land there. No, he's not doing that. He has an end goal. He knows the end result. He wants to be in Africa. He makes a plan. He says, I got to go this way. I got to go that way. And then when this happens, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to stick to the plan until I get to Africa. And guess what, guys? Boat captains, flights. Uh, pilots, all those people always get to their destination, and it's not because they did it by chance. They planned it. It was foreseen, it was envisioned, and they made it happen. So if you're in the gym just doing random stuff, I mean, cool, have fun, but don't expect to hit any specific result because your training is not specific towards creating result. So just keep that in mind, Lori. Thanks again. Question number four. Regarding the oblique muscle, when you train them with weights, will it make your waistline bigger or smaller? What is the perfect way to train them so I can have a V cut without making my waist bigger? Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. 
Great question. A lot of people wonder about this, especially ladies, because the ladies do not want to get the bigger waist. Uh, men too, especially if you're in some kind of competition, right? Body, physique, whatever. So the thing is with the obliques, you guys, is um, training them with weights, you can do it. Anytime you train your abs with weights, it's adding thickness, there's no doubt. So I mean, it really depends on your goals. If you're trying to maintain a smaller waistline, which it sounds like you are, Sarah, then I would say just do body weight, spend some time doing you know, exercise like the vacuum and things like that that draw your diaphragm in and kind of keep everything tight. That's super important for keeping a waistline small. But you got to keep in mind, anytime you train your abs with weight, you're building thickness to them. There is no question. So most people will do just body weight type exercises for the obliques and for the rectus abdominis, all that kind of stuff. But you guys don't underestimate that power of the diaphragm. The diaphragmatic breathing muscles are super key for keeping a nice narrow waist. So look up the vacuum. Um, you know, the vacuum exercise is old school. Arnold and all those guys used to do it, but it still works. And it honestly, with all the sitting we do and all the bad posture we spend our time in, you guys need a little more vacuum in your life to kind of keep those diaphragmatic muscles on point and in check. So hope that helps you there, Sarah. Question number five. Ryan, I hope you get this. I've tried. I'm getting it right now. <laughs> I have tried to follow a program um, online, but many of them do not work for my body. I have several issues with my knees and my shoulders that prevent me from doing many exercises. This means that I cannot really follow a lot of programs I find online. Help, Brittany. Brittany, you are not alone. Uh, this is one of my main battles in the fitness industry with online programs, right? There's a lot of free online programs, you guys. There's a ton of resources, more than ever, to find programs to do. And that's really great for a lot of reasons, and it's really not great for a lot of reasons. One of them being, nothing is customized anymore. Everything I do, you guys, is custom. So I'm building things, I'm designing things specific to people. I'm not designing them specific to goals per se. Like, yes, I'm doing goal-specific training, but I'm also doing person-specific training. So it's super important to me as a coach and what I think that all programs should be custom because nobody is, you know, the same. We're all unique. Everything about us is different from everyone else. So why do we all follow one type of a training program and expect the same result? just doesn't make sense. Everything's got to be custom to you. So this is a perfect scenario, Brittany, and you're kind of going through that right now. So what I'd recommend to you is you need to try things out for yourself and see what works for you and kind of build your own program. Or, you know, get somebody to do it for you, but it's got to be custom. So you can get a trainer in your gym or something like that. Just make sure that they have an open mind and they're not so generic and stuck in their ways that when you say you want to lose some fat, they put you on this exercise, that exercise, that, and there's no, there's no wiggle room, there's no flexibility, there has to be flexibility. If something doesn't work for you and your body, you should not do it. You should be doing things that support you because that's how you're going to get results. So I hope that helps, Brittany. All right, you guys, we're moving it right on into nutrition, the nutrition category. Five questions. Begin now. Hey, Ryan, I am following a plan that is a four-day training split. I am also following a nutrition plan with it. But what and how do I eat on off days? Thanks, Lauren. 
Lauren, on off days. Okay, I don't know how your nutrition plan is calculated. If your nutrition plan is made for your training plan, it should be pretty damn good right there. But basically, the answer is, is you know, this caloric intake that we do daily and things like that, it's calculated on a weekly goal, or at least it should be, right? Calories don't necessarily happen in just a day, you guys. We create this 24-hour clock in our head about how the metabolism works, but it's not. It is much longer. It's an ongoing beast, the metabolism, right? So mainly, I calculate all of my macros, my calories for my athletes and clients based on a weekly goal. So I'm taking into consideration how many days you're training, what are you doing when you're not training, and then I'm giving you a caloric intake that will suit the goals of the week, not specifically just the day. So a few things you can do. You should be, uh, you should check with whoever made this program or wherever you got it to see if your nutrition plan is designed in that same manner. And if so, you do the exact same thing. You eat the same way on training days that you do on non-training days because your caloric goal at the end of the week will equate. And this is the way I coach. This is how I do it. Uh, another way that you can do it that I've also experimented with and I see sometimes is that you can do undulating caloric intakes. You can do higher caloric intakes on days you train and you can do lower ones on days that you don't because obviously you're not having the same output. That works too, but it's basically the same result. At the end of the week, you're, you should be at that goal intake. So what you want to do is figure out what your goal is exactly and then make sure that you're hitting your caloric intake for the week for that goal and that's it. It's pretty simple actually. So it's pretty much going to be either you know, sticking to the plan seven days a week, exactly the same caloric intake, or undulating, whatever fits your lifestyle best. Thank you, Lauren. Question number two, nutrition. Why do I feel lazy after I have carbs? Every time I eat them, I just feel like taking a nap and not doing anything. Aren't carbs supposed to give you energy? There is no name on this one here. Um, so whoever you are, anonymous stranger, I will answer your question now. <laughs> okay, you guys, carbs, they're going to spike your body's insulin, right? We're going to get glucose in the blood as soon as you eat carbs. Uh, it could be the way you're eating them. Are you eating them alone? Are you just eating carbs? Are you having just sugar? If you want to have a more stable energy flow, not just a big spike in energy and then a drop, Eat it with some protein, you guys. Get all the nutrients at play. Get all the macros together. Protein, fat, carbs in a meal. That's kind of why meals are designed. Uh, we don't just necessarily eat protein on its own or fat on its own or carbs on its own because that's not fucking natural. That's not the way food ever comes in nature and it's not the way it works. There's always multiple nutrients at play and often all of them when you eat anything in nature. So... That would be one thing. Are you having like a sugary soda and then dropping off? Because yeah, you're just having carbs in a soda. Like you're just spiking your blood sugar and then you're having an immediate drop in blood sugar after. So not necessarily good. Not a good idea to do that. And that's why you're feeling lazy and tired. Also, you guys, there's this kind of theory going around that people are have different metabolics, right? Different, <laughs> different metabolics, different metabolisms, right? Some of us are better at burning fat. Some of us are better at burning carbs for energy. Um, but basically, what you guys got to understand is everything we put in our body is energy. So to address the second part of this question, aren't carbs supposed to give you energy? Protein's energy. Fat's energy. 
carbs are energy. All nutrients are energy. All food is just calories, you guys, which is just a unit of energy, right? So there's not necessarily any rule that says carbs are supposed to give you energy. Yes, they do in a lot of things, but so does everything else. So experiment with having the right amount of carbs. You could be overdoing your carbs. You could be, you know, getting to that spike zone and dropping off too fast. So kind of play with your foods. First thing to try is to make sure you're not having just carbs alone. Get them in with some protein, some fats, things like that. It's going to be good. Simple, you guys. Just have a meal. Don't just eat a fucking soda or donut or something like that. Okay? And see what happens. And then also experiment with seeing if you're having too much at once for carbs. Drop your carbs back. Take 10 grams off, whatever. If you're tracking your foods, see how it goes to space your carbs out a little more. uh, And then see how that goes. And if that doesn't work, maybe think about supplementing in more fats into your diet and less carbs overall. Comp that out so that you can get, see if maybe you're a fat burner, better for energy and you feel more sustained, more whatever throughout the day. You got to remember guys, we're all different. Everything works different for everybody. You got to experiment with what works for you. So give that a shot, anonymous stranger. And let me know how that goes. Question number three. Coach Ryan, what is your opinion on intermittent fasting? Ryan. Ryan, my friend. Intermittent fasting, my opinion. Uh... I've done intermittent fasting before. I like it. I think it's good. I think it works for a lot of people. I think the research that they're doing into it now is getting better and better every day. I think when it first came out, people were real skeptical and kind of think it's crazy. And when you talk about it to people, they still think it's crazy. But once you do it, you guys, it's not that bad. I mean, it's especially if you're a busy person. If you're somebody who lives in the kitchen and like you have nothing to do besides eat meals all day because you're bored and shit then yes, I can imagine intermittent fasting can be tough for you. But if you're busy, like you guys, I've done intermittent fasting, I've done warrior fasting, I've done all kinds of crazy shit like that based on my schedule and based on the time I had to be eating. Like you don't have to live to this old school bodybuilder idea that you need eight meals in a day and all this crazy shit to get protein. I mean, that's actually not really good. And the research now is showing that that's actually detrimental to a lot of people um, in a lot of ways. So... You know, my opinion on intermittent fasting is I think it's a good thing for anybody to try because the new research on it is showing some really cool stuff. And it's worked for a lot of people and it continues to work for a lot of people. So it's definitely something to check out if you are having a tough time, you know, kind of fitting to your eating window. And if you guys don't know what intermittent fasting is, there's a lot of different versions. But basically the idea is that you go a period of time without eating and then you fit your caloric intake, all your foods into a specific eating window. So it could be 6, 10, 11 hours, you know, things like that. Um, Most often people do an 8 hour feeding window, so you fast for, you know, 16 hours a day. So basically you stop eating at like say 6 at night, you fast throughout until the next day and then you eat in the middle of the day for 8 hours and then you do it again. I mean, it's not that bad. You guys try it out if you're interested in it. It's got good benefits for hormone, you know, fat burning, all these things, even muscle building. People always think they're going to lose all their muscle doing fasting. It's not true. If you do it right, you can definitely still make gains. Seen it, done it, lived it. (laughs) So I hope that helps, Brian. That's my opinion. Question number four. Every time I cheat meal, I just feel sad because I feel like I've set myself back. How much progress can a cheat or whoops, mess that up. How much can a cheat meal hurt progress? Julia. Julia, a cheat meal, if it's planned, 
and you know what you're doing with it, it's not going to hurt your progress. I mean, I know that the, the mental game of that hurts sometimes, you know, when you've been real strict all week, you followed your plan, you felt good about your achievements, and then you go and fuck off and eat an entire family-sized pizza and donuts. I mean, who does that? Oh. Yeah, sometimes that messes with your mental game, you guys. And that's to be expected. That's kind of part of the benefit, though, too, right? It kind of reignites your fire for the next week to get your ass back on track and stay it through. So, multiple cheat meals in a week, multiple cheat meals in a day will hurt your progress. There is no doubt. If you lose control of your diet and every day or every other day you're eating shitty stuff that doesn't fit your macros, you're going over your goals, your intakes, you're going to hurt your progress. There's absolutely no doubt. But let's say that you're on a fat loss diet, caloric deficit, and you have one cheat meal a week and you feel bad after, but the results are not going to be detrimental to your body, you guys. If anything, you know, that boost in hormones and all that you're going to get from eating cheat meals is going to help some progress to some degree. And even though you might mentally feel sad after you've had a cheat meal because you've set yourself back, know that you've done no real damage, especially if you stick to one. That is super super good and super key you guys that you guys can do this because remember dieting training all this stuff is not about the short term a to z it's not about one month two months it's about a lifestyle you guys we need to create a lifestyle you can't go your entire life without eating out and doing things like that so you need to find a way to fit it in in a healthy manner that is sustainable for you so plan your cheat meal stick to your cheat meal plan and understand it's part of the plan and if it's part of the plan it's no different than going to the gym and doing a set of squats set of curls, whatever you're doing, it's just part of the plan to get you to your results. Right on, Julie. I hope that helps you. Question number five, last one in nutrition, you guys. Woo! What is a reverse diet and how do I do it? Claire. Claire, a reverse diet is for somebody, uh, you know, there's a lot of mixed stuff about reverse diet, but first let me tell you what it is. A reverse diet is for somebody who has been dieting for an extremely long time, right? Somebody who's dropped their calories significantly over a long period of time and got down into this, they like to say the term poverty level caloric intake. So you had a very low caloric intake. Like the caloric intake of your average rabbit is what you eat in a day. And you're basically at a plateau because your body's so starved in starvation mode, you cannot burn fat, you cannot build muscle, you cannot do shit anymore besides sustain where you are. The reverse diet is designed to be a way to add calories and macronutrients back into your diet without adverse weight gain and other side effects, right? So you slowly add in carbs, fats, and eventually proteins over time to get up to a healthy level of calories and you're not going to get dramatic weight gain. So for example, if somebody's at, let's say, 1300 calories a day which is pretty low, um, but for the right person, not that bad. Depending on where you're at, if you're at 1,300 calories and you should be at more like 2,000, you are in a severe deficit there. You're pretty low. So to jump right to 2,000 could produce quite a bit of weight gain fairly quickly because your metabolic rate is simply slowed down to accommodate this 1,300 calorie intake. So what you want to do is you slowly back up foods, bring foods back into the diet in small increments until you get to that 2,000 calorie mark again. And then you're in a homeostasis point, you've hit maintenance, you've made hopefully no adverse weight gain, and you're in a good spot overall. And I've done reverse diets with people and I've seen reverse diets work for a lot of people. 
produces some pretty good results if you do it right. Uh, it is a science. You should definitely know what you're doing with it, do a lot of research, understand it, or even get yourself a coach to help you do it. But if you do it right, you guys, you can get your metabolism burning. You can get some high calories. You can like be a woman weighing 130 pounds and eating 3,000, 4,000 calories in a day and still being lean because you've stoked that metabolic fire so much. I've seen it. And it definitely happens. So if you're going to do it, Claire, get a coach or learn as much as you can about it and try it yourself. Trial and error. Figure it out. Moving right into mindset questions. Mindset questions. Here we go, you guys. These ones are always my favorite. I'm not going to lie. Question number one. I injured myself during a deadlift about a year ago and have been in constant battle with being depressed and unmotivated due to the limited output in the gym. What can I do to stay positive and keep motivated? There's no name here, stranger. Well, stranger, injuries are a motherfucker. I will not lie to you about that. Injuries are terrible, but they happen, and they can happen anyway. You can injure yourself not even in the gym, man. Like, people, uh, there's people that I've worked with that have blown their back out picking up the newspaper <laughs> and things like I mean, it's funny. I shouldn't laugh about it, but it, it can happen. You can get injured doing anything. There's no reason. You can turn your head to look over your shoulder while you're driving the car, pinch a nerve in your neck. Uh, you just got to understand that injuries are part of the game. It's part of the process. It's not even just part of the lifting game, the deadlifting life. It's a part of everybody's lives, right? There are plenty of people that don't exercise and don't do anything healthy that are in a lot of pain. And I would say it's probably a lot more of those people in pain than there are people that train in pain, okay? But here's what you need to do, my friend. To deal with your being depressed and unmotivated due to your output Think of a new way to track your progress. Yes, maybe you can't deadlift right now. Maybe you can't squat heavy right now. Maybe you're getting a little weaker in the lower body because of that. But man, figure something else out to pay attention to for progress. Maybe you should focus more on some cardio. Maybe you should take up some yoga, some stretching. Maybe you should focus on a new sport, a new thing to do that you can track your progress through and get better at because you may have injured yourself doing a deadlift or whatever, which is probably one of your favorite exercises. And it doesn't matter though, man. You gotta track different things. There's cycles in life. You'll be back, you'll be back into the barbell, you'll be doing deadlifts again, you'll be doing squats again if you do everything right, like for sure. It's not the end of the game because you injured your back. Uh, you know, just focus on other things. Change it up a bit, do some more cardio, do things like that. Just figure out what you can do. And if you haven't had this checked out by a doctor yet, you should probably get it checked out and, you know, see what's going on there. Maybe you have limitations now. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all part of the game, my friend, and there's nothing wrong with focusing on something else for a little bit. I think there's a lot to be said for being good at multiple things. So if you were really good at being a strength athlete before, take something up a little different, man. Experiment with some running. Do what you can do. That's how you continue to make progress. That's how you continue to stay motivated. And that's how you continue to push for your goals. Just change your goals. Question number two. I am a woman who just started lifting for the first time. And I have the self-conscious fear that lifting weights is going to make me bulky and not give me the toned body I want. I understand that everyone says this will not happen. But I am still troubled by the idea. What do I do? 
Victoria. Victoria, what you're gonna wanna do is experiment with it. You gotta assess your results. So go to the gym, follow your program. Don't be concerned about weights making you bulky. Just test the result. So do the program and every week take a weigh-in, take a progress picture, take some measurements, and look at your body. If you're unhappy with the results that you're getting, change the approach. Because your image of bulky and your image of toned is different than everybody else's. That's something you got to remember. Um, do weights alone make women bulky? Fuck no. <laughs> but it depends on who you are and what your image of that is. You got to fit to your own image. You don't have to fit to other people's images, right? So make sure that you're tracking your progress in a way that you are happy with how your body is looking. So I advise you to seriously start tracking in multiple ways. Take pictures, take measurements, take your weight, do whatever. And pay attention to that. But also track your mindset. See how you feel. Track your weights in the gym. See how you're doing with your weights. Track your nutrition. All these things kind of keep gauge on all that and see what fits your life, fit, see what fits your goals, see what fits the way you want to feel about yourself. See how that fits because that's the main end game goal. You want to make sure that whatever you're doing is not self-conscious as you put it, right? You want to make sure that whatever you're doing is empowering you. So maybe you don't have to lift weights. You don't have to do this or that. It's not necessarily the perfect for everybody. It doesn't have to be. And there's a lot of people that say, yeah, everybody should lift weights. That's not necessarily true. Sure, everybody should be strong, but strength is relative to who you are and what you want it for. So figure out what suits you best, track your progress, and if you get results that you don't like, try a different approach. But probably you're going to get results you do like, and you can stick to that, Victoria, and that plan is gone. Just give it a shot first. Four weeks minimum, six weeks would be better. Question number three. I have a huge weight loss goal of 40 pounds. I have lost weight several times in the past and always gained it back. This time I have a lack of motivation due to the fact I feel I will just gain it back again. What can I do to get motivated again? You are a classic yo-yo dieter stranger who did not leave their name. (laughs) Yo-yo dieters are super common and this industry thrives on them guys. It's one of the things I hate about the fitness industry is the fact that It is built on the idea that people will get excited, they will do good, and then they will fall off and they'll be back again to pay for more. Uh, I hate that shit. I'm all about creating sustainable weight loss, right? So here's what what yo-yo dieters do. Yo-yo dieters say, like you said, I have 40 pounds I want to lose, and now I don't know what to do. And then they'll lose it too fast. They'll go take up some dramatic nutrition, they'll take up a new you know, supplement regimen, they'll go do these high intensity workouts, they'll do cardio for four hours a day, and they'll lose 40 pounds in a matter of a few weeks. But you see, the problem with that is, is when you do that, it's not sustainable. The way you lost the weight is not sustainable, so you can't keep the weight off. You're back at square one. Uh, In a few months, you're going to rebound. You might even get more weight. That happens all the time. People lose weight, and then they gain it all back, and they're like, what happened? Now i got to do this again. Well, if you want the long-term play, which is what you want, you want to lose 40 pounds, right? Understand first that this doesn't happen overnight. This doesn't happen in four weeks. This doesn't happen in three months, right? This is what a lot of these gurus are going to tell you, but it's not the truth. If you want to lose 40 pounds and you never want to gain 40 pounds back, you do it slowly and sustainably. So 
take your caloric intake wherever you're at right now and drop it by 500, uh, 500 calories a day. That's it. Simple, simple stuff. Figure out where your calories are now, drop it by 500 a day, and you're going to lose a pound or so a week. Yes, it's going to take a lot longer. And yes, it might be like, well, fuck, this takes forever, Ryan. I don't want to stick to this plan. But if I guarantee you every uh, pound you lose on this type of a plan, this slow, sustainable plan, you're never going to gain that back as long as you maintain a healthy diet. Because this is not a yo-yo principle. You're not going to lose 10 pounds in a week. You're not going to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. You're going to be losing pounds at a slower rate, but they're not going to come back because you're going to live a lifestyle. You're not going to live, I'm a high-intensity athlete doing five hours of cardio a day, and then what happens in three months when I can't maintain that life anymore? So what you do to get motivated to answer your question is to get confident in your plan. Make a goal of what I just said, slow, sustainable weight loss, and stick to that. That's how you get motivated. And as you see the results, my friend, and as you understand that you are never going to gain that weight back, you're never going to yo-yo diet again, that's how you get motivated. Question number four. Hey, Ryan, my girlfriend is complaining about the amount of time I spend in the gym. I have tried to explain to her how it all works, but she does not get it. She thinks I am spending too much time training and eating and not enough time with her. What should I do? Thanks, Brad. Sorry, Brad, don't mean to laugh about that. This is actually a very common thing, my friend. Male and female. Significant others do not sometimes share your fitness motivation, your fitness goals, your fitness dedications, right? So they just simply don't understand. I would say most often, actually, there's one person who is super into fitness and the other one is just not into fitness at all. So this is constant kind of, you know, what do I do kind of thing with this, especially when you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband or wife that is not really in support of it and thinks you're spending too much time training and eating. Well, first off, Brad, dump that girl. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) What you want to do is, you know, figure out a balance. So if she doesn't understand what it takes in the gym, uh, you got to try to show her what it takes in the gym and why you're doing it and why it's beneficial to you. Oftentimes people just don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. They think you're just going to the gym to do a workout or whatever, and you're just eating a certain way to lose a little bit of weight, but maybe they don't understand the real benefit it has for you as a person, right? Like, I think training and nutrition, you guys, and being a healthy person is so much more than just going to the gym and eating shit. It's like, it changes you as a person. It makes you a better person, and it can help people with stress reduction. It can help people with their mindsets. It can give people confidence and power. And that improves your quality of life all around. It's not just lifting a fucking barbell. So, Brad, what you got to do is you got to have a conversation with your girlfriend, if you haven't yet, and really explain her what the gym does for you on all levels. And maybe you don't understand what that means for you yet, so spend a couple minutes to think about that. What does the gym really give you? Is it just giving you muscles and a workout, or does it make you a fucking better person? Because I bet you it does, and if you explain that to her, she's going to support that. She's going to support you being a better person because she's going to understand how invested you are. It's not just barbells and eating chicken breast. It is making you who you are. It is shaping the mold of who you will become, and it is making your life and your relationships and your family, everything better. So that's what you got to have the heart-to-heart with her about, and she's going to understand, man, I'm convinced that 
because when you get to that level, there's no way that she's not going to get it. So give that a shot, Brad. Report back. Final question. Training. Nope, just kidding. This is mindset. I don't know why I said training. Uh, <laughs> hello, Functional Flex. My question is about progress tracking. I'm taking pictures every week, but I'm finding that it's actually unmotivating me more than anything else because I am not seeing the progress I want. What do I do to change this negative self-image? Chelsea. Chelsea, super good question. Thank you for asking this because people struggle with this all the time. One of the ways that I promote tracking for everybody is through pictures. But so many people, when you guys, when you have a goal to change your body, you want to lift, you want to do whatever, you're afraid to take pictures because you don't like the way your body looks. That's why you're in the gym changing it. So first thing is to understand that you're not, you may or may not like your progress pictures all the time, and that's fine. But when you look back a year later, you're going to want to have that progress picture. You're going to want to look back and see, wow. That's where I was. Because here's the thing, when you live inside your body all day like we do, most of us, right? We're in our bodies all day, we're looking at ourselves in every mirror, we're constantly living within ourselves, you don't see progress, you guys. You don't track, everything changes, of course, but you don't see it because you're constantly there. There's nothing to refer back to. When you take pictures, a month down the road you can say, oh, this is what happened. When you take, you know, progress photos you can see six weeks down the road I was here I was there here's a month down the road here's this you know you guys get to see a whole different person you get to see a whole different thing it's not just the you know you're oh I don't really know what the progress is that I've made I don't know where I'm at you get to see the whole scheme so imagine what those look like a year down the road a month down the road all those you guys and then you know what's cool about progress pictures Oftentimes, you can use them to motivate other people to get on their journey. Because again, people cannot see it with themselves. They cannot see the end results. Some people might be overweight, lose hundreds of pounds. If you never have pictures to show it, nobody knows it, you can't inspire other people. So that's one reason to continue taking pictures. Do it for yourself, your own motivation to look back. A journey to remember and to help motivate people. Right? And that's super important. So if you have a self-negative image, you gotta appreciate every single thing about yourself. You gotta be grateful for who you are and your body and you gotta know that that is, it's okay to wanna change it. Yes, of course that's okay. But you gotta still be grateful for where you're at and what you are because you only get one body, you guys. This is all we get. So if we wanna change it, change it. But don't hate it. Don't ever hate your body. Don't ever hate where you're at. Be appreciative of where you're at and treat your progress pictures like stepping stones towards your goal because that's really what they are. You may or may not always love them, but the end result is the same. You're going to get there. You're going to be appreciative of it. and You're going to be thankful you have all of it to look back on. I promise you that. Okay, you guys? So that is it for today, you guys. That was a long one. Some real good questions in there, though. I'm super thankful for those of you guys. Thank you so much. Keep sending me questions. Keep asking questions. Keep doing that. We're going to keep doing this. And I want you guys today, I'm asking you now to take something from this. Take something from this podcast and apply it to your life or help somebody. Maybe somebody came to mind when I was giving you guys some of these answers to some of these questions. A friend, a family member. Help them out. Get in there and share this knowledge. You know, the... You guys got to help people. We got to continue to support everybody 
in this fitness and health lifestyle because it's super important. Not enough people are in it. And again, we got to get more people involved. So apply something in your life, change yourself for the better, or help somebody else with something you learned here today. That is my request to you. And I will be doing another one of these soon, you guys. Two weeks out. We got uh, a supplement expert coming on to the show here soon in the next few weeks. So that's going to be pretty exciting. We're going to have some more questions to be putting out there for her. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll keep you guys posted on that. In the meantime, check out my website. Check out all my stuff. You guys fucking rule. I appreciate you so much. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Functional Flex Cavecast. For more, head over to the social media, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, at Functional Flex. And check out the YouTube channel, the Functional Flex Strength Cave. Visit our website at functionalflexfitness.net. And thank you for subscribing to this podcast.